May grace and peace overflow from our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus Christ unto your families and your hearts today. You are listening to Revelation Bible Study from Last Days Ministry here at WGM Church. Before we continue with today's study, let's begin with the words from Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he had set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. We wrapped up chapter 3 of Book of Revelation in the last episode. We saw the words about the church age and we saw ourselves living in the difficult times of the current last Laodicean church period. We also learned we had to repent and rise up to shine. Now chapter 4 will tell you what will happen next. This is where the rapture will take place and what will happen afterwards, as you can especially see the appearance of the throne in heaven. So we have learned what the cause of the apostasy is through the history of the church, and that the cause of this apostasy in the Laodicean period is the alteration of God's word, and that the Roman Catholic Church, the self-proclaimed Jew, is behind all of this. The church disappears in Revelation chapter 3, verse 22. In chapters 4, all the way to 22, the word church is not mentioned again. This is because the church will be raptured before the tribulation. What does this mean? While the Holy Spirit is shown in the midst of the churches on earth in chapters 2 and 3, we can see that the location of the churches of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit are changed in chapter 4. Now, here is a scene where the gates of heaven are opened. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. 
Now a door opens in heaven. Once upon a time, the door was opened, and Enoch went up. The door opened, and Elijah went up on horses and chariots of fire. Another door was opened, and our Lord ascended into heaven. Now this time, another door opens. In the book of Revelation, the door opens twice. Once, the apostle John heard the command to come up hither, and he went up. And another time, in chapter 19, we can see that our Lord Jesus Christ, who has eyes like flames of fire, and the door is opened again, and he comes down to this earth as the Lord of Judgment, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. No matter how much we look up at the sky, the door won't open. The door must be opened and has to be seen. As the door opened, there was a voice and a trumpet sound. The first voice sounded like a trumpet. The coming of the Lord is related to the sound of the trumpet. And the rapture of the saints is also related to the sound of the trumpet as well. So if we look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15 through 18, we can see that the voice and the trumpet sound um, are written. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the, vo and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This is exactly what chapter 4, verse 1 in Revelation says about the coming rapture and what will happen in heaven and also on earth starting from the rapture. Revelation 4 verse 2 And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one set on the throne. The Apostle John has already ascended to heaven. We saw this already in Revelation 1 verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. This Lord's Day not only means the Sunday we worship, which is also Lord's Day, but when is this eternal Lord's Day that will come? Is it the day when the Lord returns? The day of the Lord's second coming is the day of the Lord, the day of wrath, the day of chastening, and the day of sorrow to the people of the world. But for the children of God, it is a day of blessing and a day of redemption. When John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, through the Holy Spirit, God has already transferred the Apostle John to the day of the second coming to witness the events in advance 2,000 years into the future. We are talking about miraculous transformations of form or structure. This is supernatural powers. 
1 Corinthians 15, 49 and 50 tells how the church, the body of the Lord, Christians, will be raptured. Regarding this, the Apostle Paul said that these mysterious things happen in the blink of an eye when the trumpet sounds. In the blink of an eye, your body will take on the new body, put on an invincible body. He is testifying that we will put on a spiritual body, an incorruptible body. The Lord taught the Apostle Paul about the mystery of the rapture. It is mentioned twice in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-18 and 1 Corinthians 15, 49-52. There are voices, sound of trumpet, and the sound of the call, which changes his body into a spiritual form, and we can see that John immediately ascended to the third heaven. Yes, the Bible says, heavens, plural. The first heaven is from the earth to the clouds, the atmosphere. This is the first heaven. The second heaven is the universe containing the sun, the moon, and the stars. The third heaven passes through many constellations, nebulae, numerous galaxies, and through star clusters. And the Bible says that it is the place where God himself is, and that direction is north. The word come up hither appears three times. The first is the rapture of the Old Testament saints. When our Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead, many sleeping, the dead saints, arose together. It is found in Matthew 27, verse 50 to 54. We can see this in Ephesians 4, verse 8 through 10 as well. At the resurrection of, the, of Christ, the saints of the Old Testament rose up and entered the holy city and saw them. What happened to them next? They went up, of course. That is why Jesus Christ was not called the first fruits of the resurrection, but the first fruits. It means there were a lot of people who were resurrected after Jesus. The second is the rapture of the New Testament believers. This is after the church age on the day of Pentecost until the rapture of the New Testament saints. Children of God who have received Jesus Christ and have been born again by the Holy Spirit, whether they be Jews or Gentiles. It happens at the end of the church age, which is very soon. You never know when, will, when it will happen. Maybe this evening, or it could be tomorrow morning. I don't know when, but it will happen sooner or later. This is the second rapture of this New Testament believers. As mentioned earlier, it is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 49 through 53, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18. The third and final rapture is the rapture of the tribulation saints during the tribulation. It will happen at the end of the tribulation period. This is what the Lord said in Matthew 24, and we will study this in Revelation 11. The Apostle Paul compared these three raptures to three harvests. He used an analogy to um, harvest wheat. So the first harvest is the first ripe fruit. 
the first fruit of the resurrection. Old Testament saints, including Jesus Christ. This is called the first harvest. The second harvest is the ripe fruits of the church age, which lasted 2,000 plus years. The saints who were born again by the Holy Spirit and the rapture of the New Testament saints at the very end of the church age. Third and finally, the rapture after the tribulation is gleaning. We will learn the scene of the tribulation saints being lifted up again at the second coming through the word. Revelation 4, verse 3 and 4, And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. These crowns are crowns of reward. At the judgment seat of Christ, the saved saints receive crowns. The white raiment are fine linen, uh, which will be worn, worn for the judgment seat of Christ. And at the wedding supper of the Lamb in Revelation chapter 19, as a result of the righteous deeds of the saints. The wedding feast of Christ. At the rapture, the saints are rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ in heaven. They are rebuked, cleansed, and then put on white raiments and are married to the Lamb during the seven years of tribulation down here on earth. A true wedding will be held for seven years. Could you imagine that, everyone? A wedding on this earth is just a model of the real wedding that will be held, on, held in heaven. So how can we possibly imagine this great blessing? While the earth is overflowing with the wine of wrath, the born-again children of God will be getting married in the heavenly wedding ceremony. Just as the Apostle John went up and looked down, perhaps the regenerated and raptured saints will see this earth from heaven um, after they ascend. At that time, imagine the amount of tears coming out of our eyes when we see our family members, acquaintances, and friends who are suffering and are being killed because we failed to preach the gospel. Those are real tears. A certain American pastor once said there are lies even in the tears of repentance. In fact, the tears we shed on this earth are not completely pure. It contains my greed and my thoughts. However, the tears we shed as we ascend to heaven and look at those who have not been saved because of me, because of my lack of gospel preaching, will probably be true tears. In Revelation 22, the Lord will wash away our tears. Here we see in the main text the 24 elders. They represent the people of the church age who were saved, washed, and rewarded with the blood of Jesus. In Revelation 5 verse 9, there's this saying, these are the representatives of those who have been redeemed. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. The number 24 is a multiple of Jewish number 12. 
as the 12 apostles are mentioned here. There are 12 Jewish tribes. And the New Testament apostles, there are number 12. This can be seen as referring to the Gentiles and Jews in Christ. Romans 1.16, the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. As Romans 1.16 says, we now know that the 24 elders here are the saved Jewish and Gentile believers. The book of Revelation is not difficult to understand, but difficult to believe. People do not want to believe what they have not experienced. They try to believe only what they have seen before. However, the word of God will be fulfilled whether they believe it or not. A never-before-seen event will happen in the future. For that reason, only those who believe in the word of God will understand. The writer of Hebrews once said, It's through faith that we come to know God created the heaven and earth, heavens and earth. It is not because I knew and I believed, but that I came to know when I believed the word of God. It's the complete opposite of the world. We need to know that the Apostle John was brought up to a literal, physical, existing place in the universe, that the place is still there. Just because we can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. What characteristics do the Bible have with regards to God's dwelling place, its location, distance, and scale? What kind of people are there? There's a lot to be said for here and it's presented very clearly. God is, God is omnipresent, but from the point of view that he dwells in the body of the, of the saved, it can be seen that he does not dwell in the body of the unsaved. Also, in the sense that the Holy Spirit now dwells in the New Testament believers, he did not always dwell in the body of the Old Testament saints. He was present in them for a short time and then moved away when the ministry was over. The Spirit of Christ was also present in the prophets of old, but not always. However, in the New Testament era, once you believe, you will forever be sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Lord is residing permanently. This is what makes it different. Also, considering that the Holy Spirit is on this earth in the age of the church, he is not on the earth in the time of tribulation. Therefore, if you want to know this meaning, you must be born again. God's work cannot be known without being born again. That is why 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Secondly, let's find out where the throne is through the Bible. The location is indicated in the book of Job which was written before Genesis and in Psalms. In particular, the book of Job gives us the knowledge of many nuggets of truth about the heavenly sights and things. 
Job 26, verse 7, He stretcheth out the north over the empty place, and hangeth the earth upon nothing. Job 26, 9 and 10, He holdeth back the face of his throne, and spreadeth his cloud upon it. He hath compassed the waters with bounds, until the day and night come to an end. The region above the water, this is called the north and it is an empty space. Above this north, an emptiness is a hard covering that prevents man from seeing the throne of God. This place is beyond the solar system where day and night ends. That's why we can't see it with our eyes. In Job 37 verse 18 and 22, we see this saying, Hast thou with him spread out the sky, which is strong, and, ha and as a molten looking glass? Fair weather cometh out of the north, with God is terrible majesty. We see that the sky is a strong and a hard material, like a molten glass which has hardened. This is a sky much higher than the sky above our heads, the third heaven. Once again, we can see that the north direction relates to God. The reason we should study the word of Job is that it is the oldest book in the Bible. These words from book of Job provide information about the foundation, the formation, and structure of the universe. This is something NASA doesn't even know about. Astronomy doesn't know it either. It is only in the word of God. Therefore, no one in the world can face against who is knowledgeable about God's word. All knowledge in the world cannot know beyond death. That's its limitations. So how much more can it know about the throne of God? Check out this word from Job 38.30. The waters are hid as with a stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. It says here that water is hidden where we cannot see. These waters are not talking about the five oceans on earth, such as the Atlantic, Indian, Pacific, and so forth. The water in the heaven, the water in this heaven is a great amount of water, so the surface of the deep is frozen, it's literal, and its depth. In Genesis 1-2, the darkness was upon the face of the deep. What is the depth? How deep is this heaven above? Is it only above? There's one also below. We need to understand Genesis 1 verse 2 by reading at it. Third, what are the characteristics and distance or size of the throne? And what kind of beings are there? Genesis 1 6 through 9 says there is water above the firmament and water under the firmament. This universe is made up of a flat and expansive space. There are the stars, the sun, and the moon. There are galaxies and there are constellations. There are nebulae and clusters of stars. This is what we call heaven. It's in Genesis 1, 14-17. In particular, these are beautiful words written in the Psalms. Psalm 148. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him. In the heights, there are three heavens. 
the third heaven, the second, and the first. Praise the Lord from the heavens, and praise Him in the high places. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 1-4, through 4, the Apostle Paul was carried away to the paradise and third heaven. He came to see the throne of God, just like John. But they are words that aren't allowed to be uttered by men at the time, so he put an end to talking about it. However, in the time of Apostle John, the Lord fully reveals it and shows us the scene of the third heaven. We can live in hope when we realize spiritually what the throne of heaven looks like through the word. We must realize that the Lord, what the Lord meant to set your hopes on heavenly things above and not of the things of the world. Psalm 148.4 Praise Him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Heavens of heavens, ye waters that be above the heavens. There is much waters above heavens. Compared to the great amount of water above, all the waters combined on this planet is not even close to a uh, water drop. Also in Psalm 148.6, He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. These vast amount of waters are locked into their respective locations. Hebrews 1.3 says, Upholding all things by the word of his power, God created heaven and earth by his word, and he is upholding all things by the word of his power. In relation to these words, we can also remember the words spoken through Isaiah, how God will call unto the heavens and the earth to stand up altogether. Psalm 148, uh, verse 8, Fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Psalm 148.13, Let them praise the name of the Lord. Christians will one day be raptured into heaven. As Israel passed through the Red Sea, and as Joshua crossed the Jordan into the Promised Land, so we will be raptured through this heavenly water. Then there will be a great spectacle. When the people of Israel returned from a brief captivity in Egypt, they were so happy that Miriam, Moses' sister, danced and praised out of joy. But can you compare the joy of the people of Israel passing through the Red Sea to the coming of the Lord and ascend with Him through this great water after living in this harsh world of suffering? This is unimaginable. You can't go up on a spaceship. You don't even need to wear a spacesuit. This is only possible by born-again Christians transforming into a new, incorruptible, indestructible, resurrected body restored to the perfect image of God to break through the layers of heavens. That body is unsusceptible to cold or hot and transcends time and space. Those who believe in this promise and those who have this faith have nothing to fear. That is why Apostle John said, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is 
the Son of God. If I truly believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that the Creator is in me, what would I be afraid of? The problem is faith. Therefore, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church members, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. You and I should rejoice that we are not forsaken. This should be the source of our joy. Nothing in the world can take away that joy. Therefore the Apostle Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord. Hope for this heavenly kingdom in the Lord. There should be joy when looking at this. If you put your joy in something other than this, it disappears when that is lost. Why do the saints grieve? It's because when, that, when what I have is gone, I don't rejoice when that happiness and prosperity that I want to have disappears into thin air. However, the Apostle Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord all way, and again I say, Rejoice. Even during his imprisonment, Paul said, Rejoice. Why is that? Because he was in the Lord. He said this because he was spiritually in the Lord and was convinced that he would now be with the Lord when he left this world. Psalm 48.2 Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion, on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Living on this earth, in the great city of Mount Zion to the north, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just as there is Mount Zion in heaven, there is Mount Zion here on earth as well. Just as Jerusalem is in heaven, there's one on earth. But the heavenly Mount Zion is earthly joy. Mount Zion on this earth right now is suffering. New Jerusalem in heaven is the city of joy. It is the city of hope, the eternal city. But right now the earthly Jerusalem has become a city of terror. However, the Bible says that when the Lord, the Prince of Peace, comes in the future, it will be restored. Are you looking for, forward to that heavenly city, the joy of the entire world? Abraham lived looking forward to that land of Palestine, but when he entered the land of Canaan, he looked forward to the city that God had prepared. Looking from afar, many have come and gone. However, the new city of Jerusalem is no longer far away. It will be when the Lord comes, the time of his second coming. He clearly says he is physically coming down from heaven. This should be the joy of our lives on this earth. The arrogant devil named Lucifer said in Isaiah 14, 13, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit up also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. This is that devil which brought on the sin of the world. We must never follow Lucifer. To the north is the throne of God. That's where the pole star is, the north star, 
And it's perhaps it's the reason uh, why it's called the North, North Star. Revelation 4, verse 5, And out of the throne proceeds, uh, proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. It's the Holy Spirit, the seven spirits. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. There are seven spirits in heaven. Those seven spirits are within the person who has received the Holy Spirit. That's why they are wise. They have spirit of understanding. They also have the spirit of counsel in the Lord. He has might and he has knowledge and always fears the Lord. Why? This is the spirit of the Creator, Jehovah. These people will never be shaken, never waver, and look always to the Lord. Never compromise with the world. Never believe anything other than the Word. And I hope everyone listening in today becomes like this. Let us pray. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for showing us the heavenly things. We remember the words of the Apostle Paul said through the Holy Spirit to set our hearts on heaven and not on earthly things. We pray that all the children of God who will appear in glory with the Lord in the future do not fall away, but hope for the kingdom of God. Rejoice only when they finally see the kingdom of the Lord on this earth. Rejoice in the Lord and meet proudly and joyfully when they finally meet the Lord face to face. May we all please you by staying awake and pray in order to avoid grieving the indwelling Lord, your Holy Spirit. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, we give thanks and pray. Amen. <music>